takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get on to my show. Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I have terrific bass baritone, Philip Cocorinos. Now, Phil's been with us at LA Opera, gosh, five, six, seven times since I've been there. I've been there for 12 seasons. This is my 12th, end of my 12th season. We are currently singing a production of Tosca, which is fantastic. I mean, literally, it's one of the best casts. I don't know. It might be the best cast I've ever heard on the LA Opera stage for any show. If you look at the whole cast together, I mean, we've got Sandra Radvanovsky singing Tosca, and uh, uh, down in the green room a couple nights ago when we opened the show, we were all thinking and talking about the fact that she sounds just like Maria Callas. I mean, it's unbelievable, but like a fresh, terrific, the best of Maria Callas, which, I mean, that just gave me a little bit of a stomachache to say, to be honest, because I'm a huge Maria Callas fan. And, uh, and it's funny because I read the LA Times uh, review today, this morning, popped up in my Facebook feed. Um, and they said the same thing. She sounds just like Maria Callas. It's true. And Russell Thomas, holy mackerel. That, his cover of those, he is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, what was it, Norma, last season or two seasons ago. He sang uh, in that production with us. He was tremendous then, and he's, he's even better now. It's crazy. And Phil is singing the sacristan. Now, he does a lot of uh, character roles secondary roles, tertiary roles, and uh, but he does them at the highest levels. L.A. Opera, a place called the Metropolitan Opera, back east somewhere, and uh, he goes all over the world and sings. Very nice guy, and he's a singer-singer. I really enjoyed this interview because we talked a lot about working in this business, uh, singing roles, preparing for roles, the difference between leading roles, secondary and tertiary roles, uh, the different demands uh, required uh, of us in this business. This is a really a great episode for uh, people who are interested in the, the ins and outs of being a singer, an opera singer. It's a great episode for students, people who are studying to be opera singers. Um, and it's a great lesson in uh, realizing that there's more than one way to skin a cat in this business. You can make a living, uh, you know, you don't have to be uh, a Maria Callas type, super famous, uh, uh, super high profile. Phil is a, I don't want to call him a workhorse. I mean, that's, I don't, it's not derogatory in any way. He, he is really the best at what he does. And uh, what he does is make a very good living in music. And that's a real trick. If any of you are out there trying to do that, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a, this is a tough business to make a living and he makes a great living. He's got a family. He's got it, you know, he's got it figured out. And we talk about that in this interview. The The flip side of the coin here, the other side of the coin with this interview is that as soon as I turned the microphones off, we had another half hour long conversation of, of anecdotes and stories and funny things that happened in the opera house. And this has happened to me a couple times, uh, two or three times in, in this, since I've been doing the podcast. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. I, I I haven't learned to just leave the mics running for some reason. I mean, frankly, some of the stories he told we couldn't have aired anyway. But um, I don't know. If you're, if you're thinking about getting into podcasting, this is my lesson. Keep the mics running. Lesson for life, I guess. 
Uh, what else? What else is happening? I don't know. I guess that's about it. Happy Monday. It's a nice Monday. It's a little overcast, but what are, you, what are we going to do? Complain in Southern California or Los Angeles? It's paradise, people. We're living the dream. Hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And here's Phil. <laughs> uh, it tickles. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Phil. Well, I'm glad to be here. Nice that I was invited. It's really great uh, just stepping off stage and uh, getting to talk right away. Uh-huh. How'd it go for you out there in our first oh, it was dress? Good. It, was, it was good. Things are supposed to go wrong during the dress. So yeah, what happened? Oh, you know, a little coordination. Nothing noticeable. I just, I had eye contact with Maestro Conlon a few times. That usually... <laughs> that usually that messes means, things that, up. That means somebody's, <laughs> someone's upset or someone's not, it hasn't gone right. Now you've yeah. sung, I mean, you've sung here a lot and you've worked with James a lot. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys, what's your relationship like? Do you like, do you, do you guys gel? Seems yeah. to be fine. Oh yeah, I, I love him. I, I mean, he's, uh, I, I, I've known him, worked with him since, I don't even know, in the early, the early 90s or sooner, whatever. But uh yeah, he's. I think he's. Uh, he's great. He's a. He's a, a student of all the traditions, and sure. in, in really the best way. He's so. Uh, he's so committed to, you know, to to the art, and it's. Uh, and he's it, so scholarly too. That's I, I love. Yeah, his, his... it's great. But but it's so you learn a lot. But he's he's collaborative and open, and uh, you know, it's it's very serious. You have to be, uh, you know, he he's tough. It's, it's not sure. it's not that it's just like a you know a, a, an easy time but uh but in all all the right ways for all the right reasons yeah know? and he de- and he he does his part you know you can you rely on in opera especially you rely on a conductor to be clear um you know to to be aware to be available when you uh you know when you need him and and you know he's all that a lot of uh seems like a lot of symphonic conductors uh, have a, a different uh, different understanding of what's practically necessary for opera. You right. know, you right. have to be able to glance at a conductor out of the corner of your eye and see part of a beat and know where where the beat is. You know that you're behind or ahead or yeah. whatever. And, you know, uh, some more symphonic conductors are just want you to stare at them all the time, and you know. There's not a lot of magic to be had when you're doing it's, that. It gets in the way because we have yeah. we all have a lot of work to do. He's you know he's managing the orchestra and keeping the ensemble, and uh, you know and and driving the performance, and uh, you know we're trying to create characters and and go to the right place and juggle our props and right. You know, and we're all dedicated to making a musical performance that's that's you know makes sense and is you know engaging, right? And so you need somebody who's practical, who understands. You know, I got to be clear here. I gotta, uh, you know, uh, I gotta be there for the stage. And he's yeah. he's like that. You know, he see he he can tell. He's one of these conductors who when uh, when you make a mistake and you you look at him. He's already looking at you. He already he's he's almost looking at you before you screw it up. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, yeah, that I, that's very it, it's disconcerting, but it's also very uh, you know means when it's it, going well, it's, it's going well. Yeah, yeah, and it's comforting to have that safety net too. And yeah. the nice thing that I, the the one thing I've always known about him and that I've noticed is that he he knows 
instantly when to drive and when to let you drive. Exactly. And it's this trade-off. That's where the magic is for me in this in any kind of live performance. Yeah. Uh, and this opera especially, he, it, it, you know, he's he just knows it so inside out that, uh, you know, he gets in it just an inflection. He, you know, he'll stop and when we were preparing mm -hmm. and they'll say no i know i know people do that i don't want that look at what puccini, puccini wrote you know he it says a tempo here so don't schlep you know or, right or what whatever but uh, uh you know it's it's extraordinary and he's he understands the you know people people i think don't appreciate the craftsmanship of of puccini they there are people who kind of put him down and say he's all he's melodramatic or it's Too popular. Uh, whatever mm. it, that that's totally wrong it's it's the uh, tosca especially is so so crafted in such detail dramaturgically it's it's completely concise there are motifs of, in the music throughout the opera and they're not just thrown on they they're actually significant if you you connect them with the words or with a with a a, a moment or a gesture it's it's inc it's an incredible piece and and james knows that you know and he he insists on it and you know that's very stimulating because you know i i think it's a fantastic piece and, and ellie always gets r remarkable casts oh, top geez. to bottom i mean this is and the best uh, we, we've been talking about it in the chorus uh, down in the green room and a lot of us agree and think that this is the best cast we've heard for huh. any show, in any show, wow. ever. Well, I mean, in the 12 seasons I've been it's, here, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty bananas. great. I mean, you know, absolutely. It's and and you know, they're they're like two casts, and they're both spectacular. It's just crazy. Uh, you know, it's just and actually, in, in one case, a third a third cast. It's yeah, it's really quite remarkable. And and the uh, having James in the pit really makes it work because he's he's experienced that like I said there's a uh, his level of control or of, of being on top of the performance is uh, is really liberating and it, it lets you know I, I don't know many conductors who could uh, you know f go with the flow and and c control it as much at the same time mm -hmm. as, as as he does it's uh, you know he has a real sense of what the pace of the show is what's important and you know, it's very consistent, and at the same time, it's totally flexible. Yeah, I mean, for Puccini and Verdi, I, I don't. It's tough to find anybody better than than Conlon. Yeah, I mean, really, absolutely. Tell me about how. Why do you guys go back <laughs> and, so? Yeah, and the Russian repertoire and, and the yeah, German and that, repertoire. Yes, no, I mean, of you know, I, yeah. I I've I've done other. Uh, you know, his Salome was. I, I know he did Salome this year. Uh, I did it with him at the Met in the early '90s, and that was spectacular. He he has a. Uh, I think, like I said, his uh, his sense of the tradition of 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 each uh, each opera in the, in whatever style it mm -hmm. is 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 really strong, and he he's a, a real student of it. Um, so he he's idiomatic in Italian, and he's idiomatic in German, and in the Russian, and that, and you know he's 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 a hardworking guy, and he loves what he's doing, and. It communicates to me. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's sort of inspiring to see someone who is as deeply engaged as as he is, and so and that you know that's a big thing about what's going on at LA Opera. We you know you've got somebody like James. You have you know uh, 
Maestro Domingo is just a, you know an inspiration every well, time sure. you see him. Yeah, you know, in, on so many levels, as an artist, as a you know, a as human, a person, a being, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, as a as an art artistic, I don't know, he he he, his artistic vision, or his, there's something going on in mm -hmm. this company that's extraordinary with the mixture of, you know, of of James and Christopher and and uh, Maestro Domingo. Yeah, that. It, it you know is really extraordinary so we get great you get great casts it's really good art they understand how to make the uh, make the process uh you know happy and comfortable and and therefore creative for everyone mm -hmm. it's a great place to work <laughs> yeah i mean you don't feel like you I, I i had a talk with christopher on the on the podcast he was a another great interview and and he he made it very clear that you know la is kind of out of the way for a lot of singers and mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that this company attracts such great talent is is that it's a fun, nice, well, and supportive good. And, you place know, to work. So singers talk, so we, we you know, you yeah. hear when you hear that that's an offer from somewhere. The company has its reputation, and uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, this is a remarkable, uh, you know, combination of uh, of sort of s s small in a good sense, an intimate company. Uh, but but operating at the highest level, you mm -hmm. know the the technical level is is incredible. The costumes are you know perfect. The uh, the sets beautiful. The you know the productions mm -hmm. are all are beautifully cast. World class. It yeah. was you know it's really great. And yet uh, uh, there's not a lot of the kind of I don't know what the the, the negative. I don't know. There's Do a, there's a mean, love in the company. You know, it's like there's the right atmosphere to, to actually work. And well, we feel it in the chorus. That's hard for to, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, everybody here. It's a rare. It's a rare thing, and it's it's got to come. I mean, it's a combination of everybody. You know, you have, uh, you know, James down at the at Kendall's after the performance right, having drinks martinis, with everyone yeah, sure. and you know you've got I'm sure Maestro Domingo understands what atmosphere is required you know and he's he's always just incredibly gracious uh, oh yeah when we have leak meals he comes and sits with us and yeah and uh, you, know. you know so it's it, there there is something it's it's no well, I guess I've been coming here enough to feel like it's part part of the tradition of the company that yeah they, how long has it that. been i mean because i'm not I've really sure you. i've worked <laughs> like, with you four or five six times in the yeah 12 it's, seasons it's I've been close here. to i don't know i think it's around 10 years maybe give or take yeah someone told me i'm having 100 performances soon or either i just went through or about to have them i don't know yeah i got we got to look that up i, I mean out of everybody we sing with i i would think i think you're probably the most regular we see you quite a bit it's uh, I'm a lucky guy. Yeah, and how <laughs> far back you you said you'd go back uh, to the '90s with James? How did that start? Well, the first thing, let's see. Uh, well, I worked with his wife Jennifer Ringo, who's a, a wonderful soprano, and I think she was the first one that introduced us. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, let's see. Then I I sang at the May Festival in Aida in with in an, Cincinnati with an unbelievable cast. Mm. Uh, of uh, especially at the time Susan Dunn and Dolores Zajic and uh, anyway and that that was terrific and uh, and then a lot of things at the Met I was singing uh, uh, singing regularly at the Met in the early 90s as a you know kind of a uh, supporting artist house mm -hmm. singer mm -hmm. and we did quite a few things there I don't even you know mm -hmm. like I said saw really m many things all what Salome Kavanshina um Rossini 
something semi Rami day mm-hmm. we called it sammy Rami day <laughs> uh and and a lot of things and you know and since then here several times so you know is being a supporting cast member always been your bag is that is that um yeah is it a matter I do of that. just finding going where the work is partly the reason i ask that is that i've had on this show a few people who have set out to be character tenors uh-huh. or so uh, really set out to to fill that that niche knowing that there's always work was that part of it or was it just circumstantial that um, how did it work for you well so i would say you know for, part of it is just circumstantial i mean i, I was able to uh, you know when i had a family i wanted to be close to home yeah. and home was new york and the met was available to me so i was uh, i was kind of there full time for for a couple of years excuse me but um but i wanted to do more and so with their cooperation i was able to uh, you know be there part of the season and go out and do more major parts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. elsewhere which which they uh correctly encouraged because you know as they said well when you come back you're in you're in better shape you're more you know you you're more experienced right. you can you can do that so you know and as a as a younger singer you you very much you want to be like the guy who's carrying the show and all that right but uh uh you know there's something to be said for you know having your one scene where you uh you know where you you do your thing and you do it well and and then someone else carries the show especially as you uh, you know as you've had that experience it's it's nice to just sort of do your do your one thing try to do it well and 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 frankly i you know i'm i'm i love the art form and i want to be in i want to be surrounded by the best people that's the most stimulating thing and mm-hmm. that that makes you your best you know um so being uh you know sharing the stage with you know somebody like sandra ravanovsky and you know or whoever it happens to be is, sure. is incredibly stimulating wherever wherever it happens mm-hmm. and i have no uh you know I, I i have no problem you know being a character i'm willing to you know, get grubby and and look unattractive mm-hmm. if if that fits. It's, mm-hmm. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you when you were singing uh, uh, leading roles, was it uh, more difficult for you psychologically? I, I, the only reason I ask is because when I was out, like for instance, when I sang Count Almaviva in in Barber Seville, I found that to be quite stressful. Yeah, and it's... I did that enough. <laughs> I did that type of work enough mm-hmm. so that I I I never got over that. I always felt nervous. I always it, it was not a great experience you know, for the me. Best, so then I just stopped. yeah. So the best experiences are not the ones you're nervous about. The, you know what the thing that keeps you in it keeps me in it and drives me is that the possibility that you're going to be in a really great production that you're excited about mm-hmm. and if the rehearsals go well like like a lot of the best things happen in rehearsals um but if those go well then by the time the you know by the time you're performing uh you're just i'm just really excited about what we're doing because i you know we're we're advocating for the for the opera whatever sure. it is and trying to sort of uh, flesh out the things that I, that I think are great about this character or this opera. Right. So they're, they're, you come with a kind of an agenda of things that you know. I I love this. I want everyone who comes to the opera to see this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Did you get and that as a as a leading man as much as you do yeah. doing what you're doing? Actually, you it's easier in a lot of ways uh -huh. because you have you have more time to do it. You can you can grow. You can show show growth. You can do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also, you have a you're in a better negotiating position with the director and the conductor because sure. they know you're going to be carrying a lot of the show. So. Sure. Uh, you know, they have to answer hard questions. And, you know, some uh, some directors, the, the best directors are just love it when you ask the hardest question. Sure. And they, they're totally prepared for that and willing to go there. Um, and, you know, not, but that's not always the case. Sometimes uh, people think you're being difficult and, right. and that. But, uh, but that's not what it's about. You know, for me, the thing... Uh, you know, it really, it sounds it sounds idealistic, but it, you know, the the thing that turns me on is feeling like uh, this is I love this opera and this is a great performance, and I'm just uh, like I can't believe I'm standing next to these amazing artists, you know. And then you find out when you have one of those great productions that everyone feels, feels the, same the same way, way, like oh, this is so great, I better not mess up. Yeah, you know? right. Um, and that you know, it's it's not easy to create that. I mean, I've had a re I've been really lucky and have a, a great sort of batting average on on having a being in a great production mm -hmm. and having a good time. Um, you know, but not every time. And the, and it's tough when you're when you're carrying a lot of the show and you're not seeing eye to eye with the director or the conductor is not accommodating where they need to be or you know or is is somehow stiff or in the way there's a lot that can go wrong sure. in opera yeah sure and uh tell me know. about tell me about a, a role like the sacristan how do you squeeze enough out of that role to make it something really juicy for yourself what is it that oh. you're bringing what do you want to show the audience it's just like this? every other part it's I'm, you're not squeezing anything there's a ton in that just in that built piece. in it's absolutely and you know if if you get to understand it and you think about uh, there's so much to think about there's the you know it's a political opera so there's a political context he's he's uh you know he's kind working working in the church but he's clearly partisan mm -hmm. for the government he's mm -hmm. you know he's he's very much a right-wing guy and you know he's he's he judges this the Cavaradossi as you know a revolutionary bad guy you know it's a throwing away tradition everything about him is objectionable his lifestyle his his politics his outlook everything mm -hmm. and so that whole scene is just from that context uh everything uh, their interactions are needling he's constantly needling him mm -hmm. and uh you know and of course Kavaradossi couldn't care less which just makes him more angry sure um so there's that then there's the uh, you know Puccini has we talked a lot about this tick uh, Puccini has has specified and written musically uh, places where the the character has a, a twitch like a, a, Nervous. a Tourette's type mm -hmm. thing and uh, uh, you know what is that you just work on that for a while we talked about it how do you do it how does it become not kind of caricature what does it uh, mean yeah. Yeah. What is it? When does it occur? I mean, their place. You know, wh when's it more likely to happen? And uh, you know, so you go through and you work the twitchings in a way that's there, but it's not. Uh, it, but but it's, it's not. But it's not anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just is incidental. You know, um, and you know, a, a hundred things like that. You just really kind of uh, you know read the play, listen to the music, talk. You know, sometimes look at 
uh, one of the, the luxuries we have in opera is we can look at tradition and see who, you know, what did Tayo do when he did Sacristan? What did, you know, uh, you know, a hundred others. Um, and you, and you sort of get a sense of the tradition and then you say, well, yes, but not, not today. We can't, I, I can't do that. Or, you know, he's, a, he's an incredibly funny guy, but I'm not, I can't do that shtick. That's right. not my thing. Or what's relevant today? You know, what right. does it speak today? To yeah, audiences? now, you know, How we're, do you change it? Our, our style, American artists are pretty, you know, we're pretty uh, wedded to the real drama and, and not as much as we love the traditions, they ha- it has to be, you know, firmly grounded in, in the text and in the music and, mm-hmm. and, and then the tradition, you know, it's mm-hmm. all part of it. But, uh, uh, yeah, so how do you build it? I mean, it's building a character and, and, you know, in some ways it's more challenging, I guess that's what you're driving at, to do a, a small character in, right. in a scene. But in this case, the character's so yeah, it's laid drawn out for you. Yeah. such detail that, you know, you really just got to execute and then figure out why and justify it in your mind. Um, and, and then it works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes it's more of a, a challenge to, to create a character that's, you know, not trying too hard. Uh, it, sometimes your role as a supporting singer is to just support, like to to make it possible for the as person. A, as a fulcrum, sometimes, yeah, yeah, for the drama. So you know, the scene is not about me a lot of the time, and and uh, and so what you need to do is let the scene be about the person who's you know the the diva or the mm-hmm. the baritone or whoever it is, mm-hmm. and and know how to. Uh, you know, provide substance behind them so that they're supported, and uh, you know, to actually do the scene because they're they've prepared <laughs> right. just like you did. Right. So you got to be there to meet. You know, so some artists are very improvisatory, and they're you know, you never know where they're going to be. Yeah. How do you do? You like that? Yeah. If <laughs> if it's within. It's challenging. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. a challenge, you know, but yeah. if it's within the context of and, the character and, and the also momentum. you, you know, that's what rehearsals are for. You learn that uh, there are, you know, there are certain things that, that have to happen and mm-hmm. then there are other things that... That could happen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know when you're working with some artists are extremely uh, consistent and with so the, you work out something. little detail, right? right. The you work it out and, and now yeah. it's going to be there and I've, I, I'm going to be there so that can happen or... And I, I'm like that a lot, also. Um, but other artists are, are you know, they're they're more big picture, and they they'll give a, they'll give a ton of attitude, and they'll, uh, you know, they'll they'll sing well, and they'll do everything, and mm-hmm. they may not be in the same place, you know, in, in in two performances. But you prefer to really map it out and to try and do the same thing every night. I'm more comfortable with that. Okay. But but that doesn't necessarily. I'm not saying I it's a good say or bad it's a thing. Prefer- yeah. Preference. It's. Uh, uh, it's actually fun if you know, especially if it's a colleague who you've worked with and you know them and you can read them. Um, that you know, that's the most fun, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And I like I've done a lot of Leporellos and Don Giovanni, and there's nothing more fun than being in tune with, you know, with, with your Don and and just playing. And you can you can have uh, real and magic. It, and yeah, it, yeah, it can be yeah. really magical because if you both really know what the opera is, you know what what's happening in this scene. There's a, there's a lot of room for improvisation and you know to get to that big moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, especially in rehearsal, where you can, uh, where it, it's easier to be free about 
sticking your neck out, you know. And a sure. performance, it takes a lot of yeah. nerve to really do something very different or try a really different direction. But in rehearsal, the worst that could happen is you have to stop or you say, well, that was a lousy idea. But sometimes you do, you know, you go for something and it's just electric and the whole the, the whole room, you know, yeah. lights up and you and you say, well, that's great. We got to do that. I think it's a matter of preference too. You know, as an audience member, I I prefer, I, I I'd rather see somebody crack or trip uh, as an indication of the the amount of of energy that's being ex, ex, you know we were I was just having this conversation with somebody downstairs where there's there's nothing to me more boring than a perfect singer. Uh -huh. It's like uh, the well, first the, thing. the you first seven minutes are spectacular. Right, but you want like, it to be fresh, and yeah. and you know the the danger in having a really detailed plan is that it can get, especially if you're doing a, a longer series of performances, it can get kind of dull and you know routine, and that's just never going to work. It's mm -hmm. you know it's a live art form for a good reason, it, right? Because it's it should you know there's got to be some risk involved and. Everybody wants to feel like they're seeing a really just right up live to the performance, edge. Yeah. right? Yeah. And they're, you know, the people there. It takes a lot of nerve, and you know, uh, you know, I've I've admired uh, a lot of singers from close up who who really can stick their neck out. I mean, I th I'm thinking of uh, the first time I worked with with Domingo. Jeez, I saw, yeah. I saw that. I saw yeah. this sort of. A moment before he sang some phrase where you just you don't thought, know what's going to happen yeah you saw and you saw, you could see in his eyes like <laughs> here we okay, go <laughs> here it goes and then he would do it with like such a long and you know it was it's it was thrilling. spectacular thrilling. you know yeah and uh, you know or uh there well there are others i don't know if uh, I don't want to know if I want to say any names but uh that there are other people who are you know uh difficult to be on stage with because they're so uh in they're really inconsistent but really energetic and 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 that so it's just like a freight train right and uh, you know and you if you can you can jump on board it's spectacular but you, there's this feeling that you might be run over or, at go, any or moment, you're gonna you know? go down with a ship too yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's but th that's that makes for incredibly thrilling performances, you sure. know. And I, uh, you know, I've had several tenors that I've worked with that that were like that spectacular, thrilling performances, which sure. were just absolutely nerve wracking for everyone on the stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yet, you know, I wouldn't change it uh, an ounce of it. It's uh, you know because it 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 absolutely it's just exciting singing sure. exciting drama sure you know so yeah there's room for everything but uh and, you know and if you're a supporting artist then you have you have to you do have to both things you have bit, to be yeah. prepared for anything and you also have to be uh consistent enough that that people can lean on you and i, I think that's true whether you're a principal or you know whether you're the leading singer or or a supporting singer is that you, there's a fine line between you know, sticking your neck out and doing something fresh yeah. and being consistent enough that you don't upset the cart. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to get back to my original question and make it more direct. Do you prefer being a supporting singer or a leading singer? I I, I don't care. I prefer doing my best work where, wherever it, it is. Um, 
there there's great things about both of them yeah you know i i i want to be in an opera that i think is a great opera it just in a great performance yeah. and you know really that's the most important thing to me all my most memorable experiences are are just uh, because the art is so exciting it's not about it's not about the it's applause. Not about, it's not about. I, it's never the, the applause is almost awkward. Uh, you know, if if we could, I know in some plays, there's just a, a single cast bow, and that's it. And I think I, I, that would be fine with me. Wow. <laughs> uh, even if I'm the, you know, even if I'm one of the major roles, I, uh, uh, I mean, I understand. I would leave it out, except that I understand the audience wants that, you know, sometimes uh, you know, even if it's a positive thing, they want to cheer for the Tosca. So you really don't do this business to feel better as Phil. You do this business for to make art. Well, no, uh, Phil's about doing the art so yeah. that's not I can't separate I mean, those but so. a lot of people but no I'm not, I couldn't applause. care less people, no you know, and I don't for think the ego. That, that just doesn't I, I, I don't think those people end up being very good artists honestly yeah uh, because the they're it's all out of focus and that and that's not what's happening here that's that's, that's right. one of the things I love about like you know we're talking about you know Placido obviously is just like you know a, a legendary artist and you know but really an artist not yeah not know. a showman yeah sure. and yeah. you know and what you when you ask me about uh, james it's you know he cares so deeply about all of it to make it everything he does is focused on making a a great performance mm-hmm. and it's and it's uh, a, a performance where that's aware of the tradition but is is fresh and you know newly interpreted mm-hmm. and that's just that's what what I care about that's right. what I want to be around right the the other stuff is just vanity and you know I, I mean it, it's nice to get a uh, you know a big ovation or a, a nice review or mm-hmm. a big paycheck or whatever those things are but uh, anybody who goes into this business for that for those things is is not, is a fool yeah now i i know we've been talking a lot about james and and i had him on the show as well and mm. he started uh he knew he wanted to be a conductor when he was i, I mean something crazy like four or five years old he was wow. so young was that the case with you have you always wanted to be in no. music i i, I always loved start? music i i sang in choruses and stuff in high school it wasn't particularly musical artistic high school your parents weren't musicians um no there was music in the house i I came from a greek american heritage so there was a lot of it was more like folk music but you know greek music Mm -hmm. and uh but you weren't following in your your i I mean i listened to no not in any respect profession goes no i listened to i was interested in classical music from you know from an early age Mm mm-hmm but I went to uh, I, I went to college to study economics and computers. Where was this? In, a, in Oswego, New York, mm-hmm. the SUNY Oswego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I uh, saw in the catalog that they had voice lessons listed, and I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. We That's have the same story. Same thing. Yeah, and I, and so I. Uh, I registered for that, and they said, "Well, no, you have to take a voice class first. Yeah, like group, group yeah, voice. Yeah, because yeah. it's because the private lessons That's were not going to happen. Yeah. So we went to the group thing, and of course, I, you know, I'd been singing choruses and listening to classical music. So all the music majors in the first day of class had to sing something, and they were doing like "My Country, Tis of Thee," and and I brought in something from Messiah, just right? Because I was like, oh, I I don't know, I'll sing this. Yeah. And uh, that 
professor became a mentor to me, and I ended up in his select, you know, like chamber choir. Sure. Uh, and then I met. Uh, there were two other very important uh, influences there, who were you know one was a director producer, and they started an opera company around the time I was there. So I got to do some things with them. Uh, and then I went to New York and uh, got a job in computers. And in my what? Yeah, I was working at, at working at. So you graduated with your computer. With I was. Your I went. Degree and well, I, I got involved in computers at, like during the summer, and then I ended up taking a job. I was. I worked at Columbia University in the computer center, mm -hmm. and I, it was like a regular job. And in my, I would take vacation time and free time and sang with every every little, like little showcase company, in, yeah. in mm -hmm. New York, mm -hmm. at every place I could. And there was a point where. I uh, had an offer to sing out of town, and I had used up all my vacation and comp time, and uh, you know that was kind of the moment of truth. And uh, so I quit my job and did that, and it, it works great because I was able to consult in in data communications for five years or so while I was doing. So I'd go out of town, and then I'd come back, and I would work with one of my buddies on a project somewhere as a consultant, and then I would go out of town again. But then I got not so good at <laughs> at the computer stuff. You have to stay on it. Yeah, and you really preferred. So. You preferred oh yeah, I loved it. I loved. I, yeah, I'm incredibly. Did you have a family lucky. at the time? Um, I was uh, I was you know, married or, or uh -huh. yeah, so not no kids until much later. Yeah. Um, and then what was your big break into? I mean, what when did the transition happen when yeah, you could really support a family well, as a singer? Uh, well, I was managing, I don't know, I guess I went, f I, I did the Met competition and I was one of the winners in that, which uh, was a huge help because that paid for voice lessons and scores and stuff. You say it so nonchalantly. Was it, did somebody just say show up on Tuesday and wear a suit? I mean, what? I did, uh, well, I mean, I was, I didn't know anything. I was just finding my way. I had five arias and. And a job. And, and I <laughs> went and did it, you know, and, yeah. uh, and. Uh, you know, it was okay. I'm sure it was it was acceptable. I don't. I, Did you apparently. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Have you ever considered the fact that you have an extraordinary instrument and that you sing at the highest level in the biggest houses in the country? Uh, um, is that yeah. something that you're so modest about that you can't even? But it's not a modesty. I have. I've no. You know, it's like saying to you know someone have. Uh, is, have you ever considered that you're a beautiful woman and that helps yeah, you get acting that. jobs? They know that, yes. Well, I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't have any control of that. The things I focus on are what, things that I can sure. control. Being prepared. Uh, you know, being, yeah, I sure. mean, I ha and I, you know, that's a struggle for me because I'm not very organized, but, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like, I, I realized when I did some teaching that there's a lot that I take for granted. Yeah, was there ever a moment where, to, where you think, oh, wait a minute, I, I can do this, I... No, it's just fun. I do it because it's fun. <laughs> I mean, there's, wow. I, I, you know, uh, like I said, I've got, I've done some master classes, and there's some things where you kind of say to somebody, "Wait, do I have to explain to you this?" Yeah, you know, you know, and I, and and as you like, the third time you try to explain it, yeah, like, that was a, the moment where minute. I said, "Wow, I guess it's just like comes naturally to me. Like it's." Yes. It's perfectly obvious to me that this phrase has to be sung this way. Yes. And it's not perfectly obvious to everyone. It um, happened to me when I went to school. When I went to college, I didn't read music at all. I'd never studied music. Mm -hmm. I had this extraordinary 
and I don't mean to, to, to be braggadocious about it, but I had a, a way more natural ability than I had knowledge. And so there was a huge gap between a theory teacher trying to explain how, literally how music works mm -hmm. versus the fact that I could sing Don Jose from beginning to end very well. Well, and it was a very strange position to be yeah, in. Yeah, and you can, you know, they're they're two different things. You know, a lot of a lot of great singers are not great sight readers, and a lot of great musicians aren't necessarily great, great sight readers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you hear, you listen to, uh, you know, listen to the way Pavarotti s sings a phrase, and there's a there's yeah. there's music there and it doesn't you know whether he's literate or not right it, it, you know is irrelevant i mean I, don't, I have no idea to what extent there's no way he could have learned that many roles right without having some you know without being able to read at a That's certain right. level but uh but it's kind of irrelevant to what an opera these pinza apparently wasn't the greatest uh you know sight reader mm -hmm. but that's not the same as being musical. That's right. It's like being a you can't t teach somebody to be uh, an extrovert or a people person. Mm -hmm. You just are. You just are. Or you aren't. Yeah, yeah. So everybody brings. I think that the fascinating thing is how each uh, each artist brings a different uh, mixture of of strengths, and so you have some people who are just like a spectacular voice, mm -hmm. uh, and and something else, and a, you know, and a, and a, a beautiful musician. Mm -hmm. And but they they're a clumsy actor. Or they might they might be weak somewhere else. Yeah. Another another person is you know is a perfectly consistent actor, beautifully prepared, but you know average voice, but always correct. And mm -hmm. you know that person can can still contribute a lot. It, you know everyone brings a different thing. Mm -hmm. And I I think that you know the the trick is to figure out what you're what you're good at and 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 do that. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, um, you know, I say to uh, sometimes talking to younger artists that you you need to figure out uh, uh, the role where when you walk out on stage and you stand and do nothing, it's ninety percent happening for that character, and that so that you can spend t you know ninety percent of your effort on make being an artist, you know, uh, right. And but if you go out there and you're trying to create eighty percent, you have to walk a certain way, and the voice isn't right, and uh, and the music's too difficult, or whatever else, uh, you know, you c that's too much to do. That's what I, that was and always my problem as a principal artist. Is, I was just overwhelmed by just singing well, just just getting through a role. Well, yeah, well. you have to. Do, it depends on the role. There's some roles where it's probably Oof. not absolutely essential that you uh, that you have a, a perfect perfect singing voice I mean yeah at a certain level yeah you have to sing well all the time but uh, but you got to figure out like if it, if you know if you're a tenor with a high C that's spectacular then you then should sing roles that sing <laughs> that you do those roles because you're going to be you go into the audition and you, you know for Rodolfo and you sing a great high C you're a finalist for that job sure um, it, you know it's a little more difficult when you're a kind of a, a, a bass a charactery base, there it's hard to just go in there and do one thing and win the job. Uh, you gotta, uh, so it's harder. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of envy the you know the the guy who maybe doesn't. He's a little physically awkward, but it's a spectacular voice. Sure, uh, and he can sing Puccini. You put him in so. a potato sack, and people and are gonna it, yeah, come you pay, know, he's gonna to get it. hired because. Because not too many people can do that. But, you know, we each have, if we have a talent that's usable that way, 
then you'll you'll get hired eventually. I mean, it yeah. seems like you work nonstop. I don't know. No one ever, no one's ever comfortable in this profession. I know, I right? So you know, yes, it's always what's yeah. Next. So far, what's is next? kind of the answer, right? Uh, but uh, you know, you you just stick with what you're doing, and uh, you know, I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky. Yeah, I get to be, I get to work with really amazing artists, and you know, that's that's the luckiest thing, and on great works, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. Now you've mentioned working with young people a few times. Do, is teaching something that you have I, your eyes set on? I, you know, I, every time I'm about to do that, then I get busy again. And I, I wouldn't. I had such great teachers. I, I studied with uh, Armin Boyajian and uh, Richard Tarigi and earlier teachers. Uh, uh, you know, who were very dedicated to that. That I benefited from their. Uh, from the continuity of their teaching and mm-hmm. the fact that they really, uh, you know, paid attention to me and got to know what what I needed and that and uh, so I I would love to teach, but I wouldn't want to do it unless I could really be give that same kind of commitment to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's uh, the the things that I've done, master classes and a couple you know a couple lesson type things, have been incredibly stimulating, especially if you have a talented student uh, you know who's enthusiastic I, I have so many friends who do it who just lo- you know love it and I I could easily uh, you know do that mm-hmm. uh, you know with great I mean, you know I, I was just talking with Nick Brownlee you know we get together and we're we're talking detailed technique right. about about a hundred different things oh, he's so just enthusiastic too yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah I, I love excited. that you know yeah. he's he's uh a, a, He's he's into it, you know. Yeah, he's, he loves he, he what he gets. Does. What he's he gets what's good, and he can recognize it. He understands it. He's mm-hmm. he's working all the time, and you know, and that's uh, that's that's what I'm into. And he so he's loving it for all the same reasons that I do. And that's that's what happens in you know in this company. There's all there's every time I'm here. There's that atmosphere. It's of from the like, top down, yeah, like any organization. It's from the top down. Yeah, how can we make it better? Yeah, you know, that's right. You know, what's why is that? That was great. What? Why was that? You know, how did that happen? Right. That's what we do all the time, and it, it you know it uh, it's it communicates. You know, the audience can see it, and and when you're having a good time, and you know, I love. I also love watching a a great artist like you know sing the high C and nail it, and then and there's that extra half second where you can sort of see in their eyes got that one you know? <laughs> and they hold it for an extra bit just because it's so good and then you know that's that's it's exciting that's what we love you yeah. know and and uh you know we appreciate it and then if you're lucky enough to hit one of those and and do it yourself that's that's icing <laughs> but anyway well phil thanks for being on the show it's been a pleasure well there you have it folks that was Phil Cocorinos. Thanks, Phil, for being on the show. Always like working with with Phil. He's a he's a great colleague. He's always prepared. He's always a gentleman. He likes to have fun. You know, you're always welcome as far as the choristers are concerned, Phil. We love working with you. So thanks for being on. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'd like to thank the ladies at uh, LA Opera, especially Fran Rizzi and Karen Bassler, for helping me put these episodes together. Hope you're all safe out there. Above all, be kind to one another. That's what we need in this world, a little bit more kindness. So you know what? When you pass a stranger on the street, why don't you smile and say, good morning? Makes people feel good. Pay it forward. 
All right. Thanks so much. Until next time. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get onto my show.